0: Hey friends, it's Quinn. Uh, Real fast before we start this week's episode of Known, just wanna invite you into a new resource that we've created at Humble Daily called Humble Daily Audio Devotionals. You can go to the show notes and click the link or you can look up Humble Daily Devotionals anywhere that you listen to podcasts. What we've done is that we've seen kind of the traction that audio is taking over in our world. People aren't reading as much as they're listening and our goal has always been to seek to equip you guys so that you can have life-changing gospel-centered conversations. And so what we're doing is we are audio recording all of our devotionals as an audiobook format to truly invite you into the story. Sometimes when you listen to things like Known, it feels like you're a person sitting at a table listening to other people have a conversation. And what we want to do is make it feel as if you're sitting down, heeding advice from wise people, not just us at Humble Daily, but special guests that we're going to invite in. So we're really excited for this, guys. Go subscribe. Check it out. Humble Daily Devotionals anywhere you listen to podcasts. We love you guys. Let's get to the episode. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Known. If this is your first time with us, welcome. If you're coming back, man, thank you so much for tuning back in. If you don't know, Known is a podcast where we sit down with individuals to talk about the battles and burdens that they've faced in their lives and that have currently shaped them into all that God has called them to be. And so this week, I think we have a really fun episode for you guys. I love sitting down talking with Andrew. What an amazing guy. What an encouragement he was to me, to my heart, and to my soul. And I just look forward to keeping in touch with this guy uh, and learning and growing from him and what God's doing in his life. But guys, before we get rolling, I want to talk about a sponsor for our season of Known this season. It's New Ethics Formulations. You can go check them out at newethics.com and you can use the code KNOWN for 15% off of any product on their website. New Ethics operates on the pillars of honesty, integrity, truth, and transparency, which is completely unheard of in the supplement industry. And so we just can't encourage you guys enough to go to the show notes or just to type in newethics.com, look it up, check it out, and use code known for 15% off guys i'm really excited for this week's episode i think it's really going to be helpful for you grateful for you guys that have been liking or rating reviewing and subscribing that's helpful for us as we can get the resource out to more people and obviously we believe in this resource or else we wouldn't be creating it for people to listen to right and so guys grateful for you thankful for you i pray that god will use andrew's story in the way that he's been shaped by some of the battles and burdens of his life to truly minister to where you are right now so without any further ado let's get to the podcast Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, so excited for this week. Get to sit down with a, a guy who I am confident will blossom into a really cool friendship. Uh, but Mr. Andrew East, how are you doing today, my man?
1: Good, Quinn. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Absolutely, dude. So how we talked a little bit before we start recording, but how's the morning been? What have you been up to lately? Uh, yeah.
1: It's been it's been fantastic so far. Got uh, about an hour and a half playtime with the babes. She's standing up now, wreaking oh. havoc all over. <laughs> Um, and then had some coffee time with the wife, which is always, it's
0: always really special. Absolutely, man. Yeah. And you guys are in Nashville, correct? Yeah,
1: yeah. It's getting hot here. It's like 95 for no reason. Ugh. It's crazy, dude. Yeah. Dude,
0: you guys down in the South. So my older brother just moved to Birmingham. My younger brother lives in Oklahoma City and they're like, we didn't know heat. We didn't know heat till we dude, moved down here. we were just
1: here. in, we were just in Oklahoma City, man. You're right. They don't have humidity like we do in Nashville, but, uh, it, it gets pretty warm over there in the Plains for sure.
0: yeah i can't do the heat man we're up in wyoming we're born and bred in wyoming and it's cold here but i think i do the cold better than the heat so i don't yeah where are you originally from andrew
1: i grew up i grew up in indianapolis so kind of like we had pretty warm summers pretty cold winters uh nothing like wyoming though we we used (laughs) to get like maybe like a foot of snow every year i can't imagine what it's like out west
0: Yeah, man. And we're, we're not even as bad as like, say like Michigan, the people that get the humidity and the cold, it's like, man, you guys have it terrible, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but yeah, man. So Andrew, just like for people who maybe aren't familiar with you or who just want need a reminder or who just want to hear more of your story, what's kind of like the snapshot view we'll dive deeper into some of the aspects of it, but, uh, the snapshot view of just who you are.
1: Yeah. So I, uh, grew up middle five kids in Indianapolis. Um, Played football at Vanderbilt University, uh, which was a really fun time. I never never thought that I'd be playing SEC football. I grew up a Big Ten fan. My dad played football at at Purdue. Uh, But then my life took a huge pivot when I met my now wife, uh, Sean Johnson, who was an uh, Olympic gymnast and had a lot of success there. And so that just took my you know, planned path of what my life would look like and completely redirected that. But I pursued playing football for five years in the NFL. I came out of Vanderbilt as the number one ranked long snapper, uh, number one person ranked in my position, which if you know anything about football, long snapper, it's like a – it's kind of hard to rank people anyway. (laughs) But still, I I was kind of projected to be be, uh, drafted. That didn't happen. I signed with the Chiefs coming into free agency, I signed a four-year deal, and I thought that, you know, that I'd be playing f- football in the NFL for ten years. But uh, I got cut by the Chiefs three months um, into that gig, and then kind of began this whole journey of bouncing from team to team to team. Ultimately, I played even in the the kind of startup league. The uh, shoot, I can't re- American football. I can't even remember the name of it now. <laughs> but uh, but Johnny Manziel and all these guys played in it, and uh, I was ultimately with eight different professional football teams before uh, I, I accomplished my goal in football, which was to play uh, a regular season NFL game, um, and it took five years to do it, but it was a wild ride, wouldn't change it for anything, and made a lot of memories.
0: Hmm. I love that, dude, so yeah. let's just dive into that, because you, you have a YouTube video up on your channel if people want real nitty gritty. Um, <laughs> But like, what was that like? So how many times, I don't know if you know off the top of your head, but like how many times were you released and then re-signed and then released and then re-signed? And I mean, you're in this, this whirlwind of what you would call a dream, but probably doesn't feel like it as you're kind of going through it. What was that like?
1: Yeah, gosh, it was, um, I think, I think I matured so much through that process. And every time I was signed and released my, my, my perspective going into that, uh, was different each and every time. And so when I first got cut by the chiefs, I cried for three days. I literally sat on the couch for three months after I got cut, just completely, uh, um, like devastated. I, 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 um, I, I didn't know what I was going to do because I had worked kind of my whole life to, to get to that point. Um, and so, I was really shook the first time, but then going into my most recent time getting released by an NFL team, which was last September, I was with the Redskins. And, um, when they gave me the call that, that I wasn't going to be on the team anymore, it was like, I just had this perspective change, um, of, this is right where God needs me. Like, this is right where this is, this is right where I'm supposed to be. Because as I reflected over the previous five years and the seven other times I got cut, I realized that each and every single one of those heartbreaks at the time ultimately set me up for what was next. And and that's why I, I say I wouldn't trade it just because it's like, even though it was difficult and even though it's not how I imagined it, uh, you know, I, I, I thought that I was going to play on the Chiefs for 10 years and then retire at the age of whatever, 32. <laughs> um, but now I I look at that and it's like, that was, that was kind of what my dream was and and God had something way bigger for me. And so documenting this whole process is ultimately what I began to do. Um, after the three months of me sitting on the couch, after having been cut by the Chiefs, I started a YouTube channel for my wife and I. My Sean gets to do so many cool events, and so I was just kind of tagging along with her because I had nothing on my schedule, <laughs> no, no practices anymore. And so we started a YouTube channel, and now um, we're able to to like form this community of, of a couple million people really. And, and I think we've kind of established some really meaningful connections through that community. Um, and I look at, I look at that and it's like, none of that would have happened if I didn't first get cut from the chiefs. Hmm. And, uh, so I think I've changed my perspective of, uh, poor me for, for my dream, not working out to kind of like this, kind of like this uh, cowboy mentality of like, all right, like, here we go. We're doing it. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's do this God. I don't know. I don't know what you have in store for me, but, but I'm here for it. So,
0: man, yeah. that's so cool. So how's it like, I mean, cause in a lot of ways, right? Like, like people typically aren't buying long snapper jerseys, you know, but, but <laughs> yeah. n- now you have all this influence because of a, a story that was told with your life. Um, is that like, what's that like? Is it, is it cool to, to kind of be like, man, like, yeah, it would have been sweet to play in the NFL, but now my wife and I get to be a team and like really champion this vision and this, all the stuff that we want to do and the stuff that we feel like God's calling us towards. Um, has that perspective kind of helped a lot in that process?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I don't have any misgivings about it. I know that my, my wife is the one with the influence. I'm just the one that <laughs> my, the whole reason we started the, the YouTube channel was cause I was like, all right, I think that this is the coolest Chick the world's ever seen. And the more the world gets to see of her, the better off everyone will be. And so that's why I was like, let's just put these videos up on the internet. So I um, I talk about being humble daily. I figured that as an NFL athlete, you know, I'd be like, I'd be walking the red carpet and I'd be signing autographs, sitting down at restaurants. But uh, sh- like nothing I ever do in my career will, will like hold a candle to what Sean has done. And I'm okay with that. It is humbling for sure. Uh, you know because you have this this pride I feel like inherent as a man where it's like I'm gonna you know conquer the world and you, I grew up with kind of these like uh, conventional uh, ideas on what our family would look like and I was gonna be the the uh, the head of it. and I think in a lot of ways I am, but I realize that publicly like Sean is just she's she's doing her thing and I I'm here to support that. Um, so it's been fun.
0: Huh? That's so cool, man. So let's, let's jump into like, what's y'all story? Like, how did you and Sean meet? Where'd she come into the picture? Um, what was first impression like all that good stuff? Ah, dude,
1: Sean's the best man. So we, uh, we first met, I had a brother who was an Olympic cyclist. All right. Uh, fun, fun sidetrack. My dad made us do these, these bike races when I was like a 13 year old to, 13 14 to 15 we would do like these national you ever heard of a velodrome quinn i haven't no so imagine like a, a imagine like a track with a, a bank of 45 oh, okay. degrees kind of yeah, around yeah. you know what i'm talking about and the yeah. and these cyclists will will whip around this track up to like 40 miles an hour they're humming huh. anyway so we used to do that my dad got me into this <laughs> when we were young one of my brothers ended up being super good at it he was on he was on like team live strong was one of the top eight riders in the united states made the Olympic team for this event called the Madison anyway, finds himself in the 2012 Olympics, bumps into Sean there, who was uh, not competing, but she was commentating and uh, she shared with him briefly that she was looking to go into school at Vanderbilt and so he was like, "Oh, I got a brother playing football there." So I jumped on Twitter real quick, <laughs> formed an account. I didn't have any social media I didn't have a Facebook didn't have a Twitter, nothing. Formed a Twitter account, shot her a, a tweet, and then uh, and then I I slid into the DMs after you know how the game <laughs> is, Quint. But uh, we ended up getting married. I guess it was two and a half years after that. Just had our first child together uh, eight months ago, and again, talk about being humbled daily, dude. There's nothing like there's nothing like marriage, and there's nothing like a kid that will humble you daily. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so you yeah. owe your you owe your brother big, huh?
1: yeah fortunately he was dating somebody else at the time or else he he (laughs) might have been trying to make moves but it worked out
0: oh that's so cool man well hey let's dump in a little too like before we started recording you're just talking about kind of the importance of like you you had coffee with Sean this morning just kind of some time to time and space to just sit and talk and uh, pursue each other a little bit like what does that look like for you guys like how do you guys carve out time you're both very busy and you have probably different schedules and everything um, how important is it for you guys to carve out time to really pursue each other?
1: Yeah, so our story is after my brother met her, mm-hmm. uh, I got her number. And then we ended up meeting like a month after that. She was on Dance with the Stars. And, you know, she does, again, a lot of cool things. But we went on this first date in September, it was. And then she stood me up for nine months. Did you know who she was? Like, were
0: you date. aware of who she was when you like slid in and everything? Yeah, yeah. I mean like
1: it's, yeah. Yeah, did, <laughs> so were you nervous
0: I, like going on your first date with her?
1: I wasn't like a fanboy, um but I was no, I, I don't think I was nervous going on the first date. I was definitely excited, but not too much different than just like an, the excitement that comes with the normal first date of like, uh, yeah. ah, how's this gonna go? Like <laughs> what's she gonna be like? Um the whole celebrity side of things has been like an interesting thing to navigate through our relationship. Um, We could talk about that more, but anyway, so she made me pursue her for nine months, bro. I'm like writing poems. I'm like trying to be, I'm sending her gifts, doing all this stuff. And uh, now that we're four and a half years into marriage um, and with a child, like just those opportunities to show her, that like she is she's still the most special thing in my in my life. Like it's so easy to do when you're dating because you're you're trying to like impress them in some ways. I think a little bit of the sense of urgency in that sense kind of goes it's so easy to, to have that get pushed to the side when you're kind of a couple years into marriage, right? It's yeah, like, oh, uh, we're settled into our routine and I, you're married, right? Yep. How many years? Uh two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you yeah, you you get it. It's like yeah. But we did, we dated even, for
0: eight. So it was like, so yeah, yeah we're like, <laughs> we've been together for like 10. So I definitely understand what you're saying.
1: Oh, damn bro, There's a story behind that. We got to hear. But, um, so I think now that our kid takes up so much of our effort and energy and then we have so much work to do between interviews and filming videos and whatever, like there's just a lot of things that are on our plate, just like everybody out there. Um, no matter what you do I feel like you just you just get busy for no reason kind of and yeah. so Sean and I made it a point uh two months before we had our first kid they're like hey we're gonna start going on weekly date nights and then trying to just design our day around realizing that we will get busy but this time in the morning we have to like just connect and like get on the same page and and share life together as a, as a married couple. Um, it's been really special for us. Hmm. That's so cool, man.
0: So what's your encouragement to guys like guys that have been married? Maybe they're in a rut. Maybe they're trying to figure out like, how do I pursue my wife? Like, what are some helpful things that you found? Um, other than maybe just setting time aside, like what are some things that you jog through of like, Hey, like how can I pursue her now? Even when you don't feel like it?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I, I would say, I would say just try, try something different every day or every week, whatever your cadence is. Um, I I feel like sometimes as husbands, we can feel, or, or boyfriends, whatever, wherever you are in life. Like I used to buy Sean flowers every week. Every time she used to get back from the airport, I used to have like these little honey crisp apples that she liked. And then it's like, you know, ten ten 10 times of me doing that, I feel less appreciated. So I stopped doing it. And then, I think there's just, you kind of have to realize like, hey, even though the excitement of, oh my gosh, you got me apples, like that's going to be gone because it's not the first or second or third time anymore. It still makes her feel like you are making her a consideration in your day and like you, you put effort into it. And that that's kind of cliche, but I just, I do feel like those little tiny, uh, you know, displays of effort uh, go a long way.
0: That's so good, man. Yeah. I think, so you guys are four and a half years into marriage. You now have beautiful baby Drew. Um, so what's what's fatherhood like, man? You said humbling, uh, but how is it, man? You loving it? <laughs> it is a blast, man. It's it's just, it's so funny
1: because when, uh, when Sean was pregnant, like we'd always be asking people like, all right, so what are we in for here? Like give us the scoop. And it's so much easier to, to like share the difficult parts of marriage, than, or sorry, of parenting than it is, like the, the wonderful parts of parenting. Cause you know, Oh, well, you're not going to sleep anymore and you're going to like have less time. You're going to be like going, so those are like kind of more tangible things. Mm-hmm. It's harder to share the, the, the cooler side of parenting because they're it's so ambiguous and like kind of uh, they're just less tangible. So the best way I can put it is this you're with this child every single day, like during all of their waking hours. And so, you know, them, better than anybody else and so the next day when you're with them you can see how they've changed and grown and and what new things they've learned and it's just, it's so much fun to see that progress and to see to see in our case my little girl kind of like pick up mannerisms from my wife that i think are just adorable and cute um but yeah there there's a there's a lot to figure out with the whole thing um, that, yeah, just, it, it's never a dull
0: moment for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So what is some stuff like, what are a few things or maybe just one thing, uh, that has really come to the surface in you that you're like, man, that I don't like that about me. Um, that fatherhood is kind of revealed. Woo. Um,
1: so having a kid naturally consumes a lot of your time and your energy and I feel like before we had a kid, I was able to kind of escape or isolate myself when I was frustrated or irritable um, or lacking patience. But now there's just less opportunity to do that. And so it's exposed me like a huge um, lack of patience. And it's, yeah, every day it's like, that's this is what's cool about marriage, like, I don't know if you've experienced this, but you wake up every day and you're going to confront probably the same handful of problems that you did the day before. And so the challenge is realizing that that you're going to confront that problem and asking yourself, is there a different way I can respond to this that makes my wife feel more loved or that makes me feel more connected to her? Um, because yesterday's approach didn't work. So I got to change something today. And so like, it's that, it's that constant kind of repetition, just like we as athletes practice the repetition of, of whatever movement or skill we're trying to learn. Yeah. It's like this, this daily, this daily humbling process of like, all right, I'm freaking imperfect. It showed itself yesterday. Let me try to take one step better today. So, man, yeah. So
0: good so encouraging too, man. So, um, like what I want to dive a little bit more into just your story, um, and kind of a little bit into that, but before we get kind of into maybe the, the story that people know more of now, kind of what's your testimony, man? Like what, uh, what was kind of early life? Like what was, um, kind of leading up to the Andrew East that a lot of people know? I was,
1: uh, so fortunate to have parents who really made faith a cornerstone in our, in our family growing up. So, uh, you know, middle of five kids, four of them boys, there's a lot of rowdiness going on, but every Sunday we'd go, we'd go to church and then my dad would kind of have like a follow up kind of family Bible study where we could kind of discuss what, what went on in the week and then kind of prayer, pray about whatever situation that was. Um, and my mom was just like constantly, pounding into the boys like, oh you gotta pray about this. If you have a decision, pray about this or just like reinforcing these these ideas. Um and I was largely involved in young life in high school, did all the camps and stuff, and that's a huge organization in my life that I'm super thankful for. Um and then going into into uh college at Vanderbilt, uh FCA, they didn't have as much young life down there, so I got involved in FCA but I would say like the, the first big realization of just, I, I I think my faith manifest manifests itself best in my life. Like just through the, this sense of gratitude that, that I feel like I need to have, that I don't deserve to have any other attitude besides, uh, appreciation just because, and the first time I realized this was when I got a scholarship to Vanderbilt, Mm -hmm. which never in my dreams thought would happen. (laughs) Um, I was like, I was like a pretty good high school player I was on a bad team in high school. So not a lot of recruiting going on. Mm-hmm. And so there's this day in February where all these high school football players will commit to what college they're going to play at. Right. That day comes, comes along my senior year. No teams have given me a scholarship. And so I was like, all right, well I got a brother playing uh, division three football at a really cool Christian college, uh, in Chicago called Wheaton. Um, I I'm like super excited to play there. And that, that was the plan until I get a call that April. So like two months after everyone had already committed, hmm. uh, I get a call from the head coach at, at Vanderbilt and he's like, he's like, Hey, we want to offer you a scholarship. Um, I'm like, I was so confused because I thought all the scholarships had already been given away, but he explained to me that their highest rate of recruit that Vanderbilt had ever had. He was like hmm. this four star running back out of Atlanta, Rayjon Bennett. Um, his mom's boyfriend broke into their house in the middle of the night, and started shooting a gun around the house. And Regan jumps in front of his handicapped little brother and takes mm-hmm. a bullet for him. And so, so because sure. this event happened, uh, that's why there's a scholarship spot open for me. And so it's like it's it's this it's kind of, in some ways, it's symbolic of of, like in my life of oh my gosh, this tragic event happened uh, that. Ultimately, provided me with all these opportunities, and I think uh-huh. like t- to have such a tangible parallel
0: so of good. like,
1: yeah, of of what Jesus ultimately did in our in in all of our lives and, and the opportunities that he's he's given us was like I was like oh none of this, none of this is me mm-hmm. I didn't get this scholarship because I'm a great football player it's just like yeah gratitude man that's it
0: hmm. that's so cool yeah. so you're so you're at Vanderbilt. You meet your future wife. Um, mm-hmm. You kind of walk it through. How did you guys end up in Nashville?
1: Yeah, so the the plan was to move to Kansas City. Well, so I Vanderbilt is in. Yeah, is so in Nashville. I mean, it's I like guess how must. did
0: you stay rooted in Nashville? Would be a better way to ask that question. Um,
1: so when I signed with the Chiefs in 2015, uh, we were going to move to Overland Park, Kansas, which is close to the practice facility, and uh, we were looking at houses and doing the whole thing. Um. But I got cut, and so I was still kind of in training mode. I didn't I didn't know any places to train in Indianapolis, my hometown, and Sean was kind of traveling a lot anyway, and so we were like, well, let's go move back to Nashville. We can train at, at Vanderbilt, and I'll still have all my kind of weight coaches and the, the infrastructure of friends and teammates there. And then we ended up getting uh, married here and loved it uh so we we stuck around and for us the biggest thing is like just you know this like the the community of people around you like whether it's friends or family just who is who is headed in a similar direction as you and has the same values um and for us there's a lot of good people in nashville that that were
0: that for us Hmm. that's so cool man so what like what what does that mean to you? I like that. I love the aspect of community. It seems like it keeps coming up this season as we're recording. Um, and I don't know. I think that's a value that's often overlooked as a Christian, right? Like I see, I heard, heard a pastor once say like when someone's moving towns, I very rarely hear that they're moving there because there's a great church and a great community. Yeah. <laughs> right. They typically find that once they move, he's like, why do we not move because of there's a great church, you know, um, mm-hmm. or a great local expression of the body. And I think um, that, to me has been so convicting the last few years of like, man, so many, every one another of scripture is a call to be in community, to do life with people. What has that meant to you guys, especially being that, um, you guys have very large platforms and you have influence over, um, a lot of people. How has that been helpful to have people that would maybe wound you where you need it, um, and love you well through hard times instead of just merely flattering you?
1: Wow, bro. Throwing the heat right now, Quinn. (laughs) Um. Yeah, so let me answer this in a roundabout way. I have, I have a, I have a a brother who does um, international missions in Tijuana, Mexico, and he has his whole family down there, and they build um, homes for impoverished families down there. And growing up in kind of like the conservative Christian uh, world, like there is this, I feel like, I feel like obligation almost sense of obligation to. Oh, I gotta move to a third world country and like I gotta be a part of this missionary crew and I gotta I gotta do these things because, uh, because we're so privileged here in the United States. But for Sean and I's kind of perspective is, um, you can do God's work anywhere, yeah. uh, and God has given you certain talents and skills uh, that maybe it's not being a missionary to be honest. Like in 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 the in like the the most popular sense of that word. Uh I think for us having the community in Nashville where people like we have uh mentor couples that that help Sean and I mature in our relationship. And we realize that if Sean and I are able to um to like I guess sanctify our marriage and 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 love each other better then ultimately that's gonna display itself in our videos and our content and whatever and then we have friends who are kind of in the same area of life as us who are going through the same problems and we can we can hear what what solutions they're coming up with and what problems they're having and kind of go through that together and then we also have like the the younger couples that we're helping walk along um, in in their phases of life. And so I I I think just as a, as as athletes and and Christians the popular verse of iron as iron sharpens iron, so mm-hmm. one man sharpens another. Um I I think a lot of men take that as like this kind of you know, I always envision that quote being painted on the walls of like of a gym, yeah. right? <laughs> and it's like this, like I'm getting huge, did it? Iron sharpens iron and we're getting whatever. But I also think there's another side to it where, like, there's a softer side to that where uh, we go through a lot of parenting, dude. It's like, that's not not something that I envision, like, this iron tool being displayed in. But we need to have other people there to help make sure that Sean and I are constantly becoming better parents um, and then, in whatever way we can, helping other people do the same. So Mm -hmm. I think... Yeah, yeah. That that's my take. I don't know if I answered your question or not, but that's my best my best chance there. Doesn't
0: matter. It was my good. Best, yeah. <laughs> no, dude, I yeah. love that. I lo- I actually tell people a lot because you hear that quoted so much that Proverbs twenty seven seventeen, like, man, iron sharpens iron, and it's like, man, the most relationships I see look like people actually believe like <laughs> velvet sharpens velvet. You know, like yeah. where it's like, <laughs> let me just like be as like con- like it's not that kindness and love is ever bad, but sometimes the kindness and most loving thing you can do is, is share truth. Cause in the same chapter in verse yes. six, right? Solomon says faithful are the wounds of a friend. Um, mm-hmm. and then in the very next chapter or chapter 28, he says one who, I think it's verse 23, if I'm not mistaken, he says, um, a man, one, he who rebukes a man will find more favor than one who merely flatters with his tongue. And I think mm-hmm. that, like for so often especially with like people like you Andrew and with your wife Sean of I think it's it'd be really easy for you to surround yourself with yes men and yes women that just do what you say and just listen to everything that you want to do and don't call you into more and call you into deeper fellowship with Christ. So that's super encouraging that, that you're putting people around you that'll sharpen you because that looks a lot, I think that looks a lot more like friction than it does just rubbing. You know, like it's it's yeah. it's, it's metal hitting metal and that's not always a beautiful process. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's so funny, man. I feel, I feel like recently uh,
1: there's, there's been a lot of, content coming out books i don't know if you heard like principles by ray dalio right. but his biggest thing is um oh shoot it's just honesty right like uh you have to just be honest with your co-workers and share with them the heart like the truths, even if they're hard and i'm fortunate enough to have a wife where like we literally we, we sat down and we said all right if there's one rule in our relationship it's we call it transparency right mm-hmm. and so it's like it's i'm gonna be honest with you with whatever emotions i'm feeling like it comes with a lot of maturity and and being able to deliver that like grace you could say of delivering these truths in a way that isn't like offensive or just rude to her to be honest but like ray dalio's whole whole um thesis is like oh the only way you can grow is through it's through like honesty and truth and um it's it's so funny when i look at that it's it's you know a new york times best-selling book but it's like it's written in the Bible Yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly. been there forever. And it's just like, there is, there is something to be said to, to have someone that I guess, accountability partner that can just like share those truths with you. And it's like, Hey, like to be honest with you, I don't think your priority should be working out right now because it seems like you and your wife have something to work out. Hmm. Uh, and those type of friends are, are crucial. That's so sure.
0: good, man. Yeah. I was just having a yeah. conversation with a mentor in my life who uh, we were like, man, everyone keeps Referring us to all these leadership books, but I just, I'm just, I just feel like I'm reading someone who read Proverbs and then wrote a book, you know? like <laughs> it's so true. It's like I, if yeah. Jesus was the best leader, let's read what he did. Um, and I think so. That's cool, man. I think so. My wife and I have a very similar kind of rule. Um, we have we kind of have two rules. I talked about this actually in my podcast with Noah, which is cool, funny. Um, but one of our rules is, um, don't let a kind word go unspoken. So if any of us, if like if we're sitting at a dinner table and she's like. Man, I really like that girl's dress. Like, we're like, my job is say, go tell her. You know, like and then she gets up and goes tell her because it's like, man, there's no reason for that to just sit on us. Um, if that's gonna lift up or encourage their day, I think as Ephesians 429 says, Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up. Um and I think that like we're trying to trying to root that in that, but our other rule is we call it same team. And so um it's the same thing. It's that rule of transparency of like, hey, We'll kind of preface it with like, hey, same team. I'm on your team. I love you. I'm with you. But mm-hmm. I see this in your life, and I think this needs to change. Um, and I think framing it that way of like, hey, I'm not doing this to hurt you. I'm wounding you because I love you. Um, and, and and I think we're, we're chiseling you more into something that God has called you to be. Uh, I think that's so cool, man. And it's encouraging to hear that, that you and Sean are doing that and on that grand scale uh, that you guys get to do with the platforms that you guys have. Um, very cool, dude. So how like – this is it not really a pivot, but a little bit, <clears throat> has it been hard to walk out your faith kind of with, um, all the people that are watching you? Has that made it easier or harder? Um, what do you kind of wrestle with, with that? And what kind of desires are you drawn towards that? You have to consistently pull yourself back to truth.
1: Well, first of all, preach right there bro you just you just drop some bombs um i appreciate that I'm, I'm about to take that never let a kind word go unspoken it is so interesting how like it's so much easier to gossip like to share the unkind words oh, with each other as, as a couple than it is the kind ones but i you're on to something there for sure um but as far as as far as like the unique challenges that sean and i um confront it, it it's interesting from from uh a husband perspective and my perspective, like how I view my wife, I was really uh, intentional when we were dating, realizing that like, all right, she's, she won an Olympic gold medal mm-hmm. and she won dancing with the stars and she's like famous and people only, but people only talk to her about this handful of issues, like these handful of things that she's done in their life because that's what they know. So but I know that there's this, woman underneath all of that that's so much more than just that two minute beam room t- beam routine and the whatever the the mirror ball trophy that she won dancing um and so realizing that um that when we go when we go out like mm-hmm. people have expectations of of who she is and i have expectations of who she is w- one of the funny things that, that sean and i always kind of argue about is like, I, she was famous. She was world famous. Like when she was 12 years old, that's when she went professional as a (laughs) gymnast. Right. And so she's been doing this her whole life, been at the game way longer than I have. Whenever I would meet a celebrity, I would always like expect them to like be super nice to me and like, whatever, take a picture and like have a conversation. And that's, that's my view, especially like when I realized that when she, when she walks into a gym, Girls will just cry, like people are drawn to tears because that's how, that's what type of inspiration she is to them. Um, but it's funny, like she's, if we're on a date and someone comes up to her, she's not always as nice as I, as I expect her to be to those, she, she's not always like inviting them to sit down, which is, I'm like kind of a gregarious social guy and she's more introverted. And so we always, we, there was this tension where I was like, Hey, I feel like I feel like you could uh be a little nicer to them. And she's like, Well they're you're my priority now. We're on a date. Like I need to give you my focus. Um, so that's you know, that's that's a, nothing new as far as I guess even social media, it's like people people get recognized and it is what it is. But uh there there are some certain tensions. I feel like the unique uh temptations that that I've been uh introduced to I I guess it's like Uh, I've realized that (laughs) the more money that you get, the more money that you want. Hmm. And it's like, what a trap that is.
0: Uh, Yeah, I've heard it said, when you chase money, money runs. And I was like, ooh, that's good.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, dude. Um, And so it's been, again, this daily process that, and all of these things that I've shared so far, Quinn, by the way, uh, I'm bad at and I need more practice at. So I'm still, I'm still trying to get better, but uh, it is like to realize that, oh my gosh, my, my value doesn't lie in my bank account. How dumb is that? Like it is, it is actually like in these connections that I form and the, and the, in the dent that I make for the kingdom of, of heaven. And, um, I guess there there was one tangible story that happened to me when I was a freshman in college. Our house burned to the ground, hmm. the house that I grew up in. And um, it's so, it, it was such a, it stunk because all of our clothes and all my dad's, you know, college football memorabilia that his Purdue football helmet he used to wear, like that's all gone. We don't have any ch- childhood pictures like that. Uh, but it was such a tangible reminder that, uh store up your value or in things where moth and rust does not destroy, oh, right? So but one one thing that's so difficult to do is, as human beings is you we might have these I would call them blessings of of events like my house burning down was such a tangible adjustment in my perspective. But the hard thing is you then adjust to the new norm, whatever that is. It's like you ha- you have this this uh really jarring incident that happens and then you get back to whatever your new normal is and you adjust to that and you forget about whatever lesson and perspective you learned. And so that's the that's one that I've had to continually remind myself of. Hmm.
0: That's so good, man. Yeah. So, Andrew, uh, I think one of the things that you and Sean do so well is you've struck this beautiful balance between like sharing what's real in your life but also not holding back what's really cool about your life. Mm-hmm. right? And so I think one of the things that's happened is you guys – I don't really even know how to put it, but you've, you've struck a beautiful balance between like vulnerability and authenticity, but also not holding back on the fact that man, God has blessed you guys in a lot of ways. And your life is really cool and you get to show people and part of your job is showing people what your life looks like. But how do you strike the balance between, and how would you encourage people to strike that balance between authenticity and vulnerability, but also like celebrating some wins in your life?
1: uh yeah that one cool thing about the business that we're in of i guess you could say vlogging is is a part of that is you do have this mentality of like oh this is gonna be a good story and just like just like my nfl career not going the way i wanted it to i'm ultimately now able to like look back and be like oh you know what that's a cool story and what lessons did i learn from that that I can then share with these other people, and so whether that's me busting my head because I was doing a, a workout at freaking too early in the morning, or uh, Sean breaking her toe when she's thirty-six months or thirty—how many months is pregnancy? Thirty-six weeks pregnant. Um, it's like you kind of always had this perspective, and I think it's—I think it's—we base it in our faith, where it's like God, God is doing something through this. And we try to show that in our vlogs as as best as we can where it's like it, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, we're gonna we're gonna learn something from it. And if it's a if it's like a super cool event that we get to go to or I, I played in a football game, like we're not gonna we're not gonna just uh forego all the lessons that we could learn and just like jump in on this celebratory bandwagon. We're gonna actually like be mindful of, of what's happening and realize that whether it's a good thing or a bad thing this this season will end um, and and trying to prepare ourselves for whatever season is is next but I, I I feel like um one area that I was able to mature in I guess probably starting in college uh I, I feel like there's this again kind of perceived obligation of humility is downplaying anything good or any good thing any skill that you might have pretending like you don't have it. Right. That that's kind of how I viewed humility, but someone shared something with me that like immediately changed my perspective on that. They said, Hey, whether you're, whether you're, um, super arrogant and you flaunt all your talents or you're on the other end of the spectrum, which is where I was more inclined to lie where like I pretended like I didn't have any, um, you're not giving God enough credit, like in both instances. And so that to me was like, you know, what? God has given me this ability to long snap well or uh, freaking to be on camera in a way that people like to view. Like I, I need to like acknowledge that I'm good at it, but also acknowledge that it's not it's not a skill that I was able to develop myself. Like it comes from God. Uh, and, you know, the fine line is is not overly flaunting and being arrogant, but just giving credit where credit's due.
0: Hmm, man. I love that. I think I I relate to that in so many ways. I think I'm so much like that in almost a false humility, you know? Yes. Uh, or CS Lewis says like humility is not thinking less of yourself it's thinking of yourself less. Hmm. Um, and Pretty I think that, well. uh, Spurgeon says humility is a right estimate of self. And so I just love that, man. I love, uh, that, that, that's the way that you're operating. That's the way you're thinking with the platform that you have. Um, how do you find yourself staying consistent in that? Like how do you what is in your life who keeps you in check? What are some consistent habits that you've made uh and that you've created or just people in your life that have helped you to truly hone in on what is true, what is good, and what is right um and kind of stay true north for what you're doing? Um
1: well yeah, I think I think wives are pretty good at, at humbling <laughs> at humbling you, but but honestly uh I am a huge proponent of marriage because I do believe that that my wife is able to like speak truth to me, whether that's, hey, you need to like cut the arrogance. You're being too much right now. Or she she's also there when I'm like feeling down and she's like, hey, you did you did really good at this. Like you need to own up to that and and like and realize that that whatever, like, you, you know how it is being married. And so I think, I think my marriage has been a huge role in that. I think my friends have been a, a, a a big role in that, but then also, yeah, just grounding my perspective in the word. And, uh, you have early mornings as a, as a, as a parent, a new parent and trying to make the most of those, and like really turn to scripture, uh, has been beneficial to me as well. So I, I, I just, there's this framework where it's like, Hey, Andrew has been given X, Y, and Z tools, acknowledge that do the most I can with it. Uh, but realize that I'm doing all this, not for myself, but, but to make a a larger impact, uh, for the kingdom. That's just kind of how I try to view things.
0: That's so good. So what, with that, Andrew, like what's something that you're learning right now? Um, <laughs>
1: I honestly, it, it's the gratitude is, is what I'm going through right now. Um, and, and realizing that these little moments are like, uh, whether it's good or bad, again, it's an opportunity for me to worship God and, i think I think i'm I'm realizing the power of of that and having a larger perspective on things um I'm also realizing that prayer is like so much more than i I used to think it was. I used to think it was like this obligatory time for me to kind of just like spill the beans on all the bad things that I did, but now it's like dude, it is. Again, all these uh self-improvement teachers and like these entrepreneurs who like the self-actualization, I guess. There's nothing better than prayer to like reflect on here's what went well, here's what didn't go bad, and then also uh here's where I want to go and like having that people talk about oh it's important to have vision and that's a first step to success, like where do you want to go? Prayer provides that, but then also I think has a third component where it it kind of puts everything under the umbrella of of faith and of God uh, being the the main power in your life so it's 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 humbling yeah man
0: that's so good dude. how would you encourage people because from the outside looking in people are looking at your life like man this guy has everything uh, he's got a beautiful wife, new beautiful new baby he's got money um, and now you're like, man like the thing I'm learning is like how to be grateful you know <laughs> Um, Mm -hmm. so how, how would you encourage people, uh, deeper into that being that gratitude is often not contingent on maybe what we have? Yeah,
1: I I think we all go through, um, a similar thing in life where like, there's this, um, ladder of goals or kind of the, the monkey bar of goals, right? Where like, we'll, we'll, Say, oh, I want to be there in five years or next week or whatever your timeline is. And then you get there and then it's like, sweet, on to the next thing. And then you get there and it's on to the next thing. Um, I think just, again, this goes against what coaches tell you as athletes. But everyone says uh, being content is the enemy of greatness or whatever that saying is. But I am a big Proponent of being content and whatever your situation is, you know what I'm saying. Like not not to say that don't be ambitious, but realize like realize that where you are right now is a good spot if you if you uh, view it that way. And I was just reading a, a book by Andy Andrews called The Little Things, and he talks about how he was homeless on the beach for like I don't know a couple years, and then he's fast forward like 20 years later in the car with his wife, and they're admiring the sunset. And his wife shares that she was she's a little jealous of of Andrew Andrew and how he was homeless living on the beach and he must have seen so many wonderful sunsets during that time, but he was uh, he was thinking about it and he was like you know what during during that time I I didn't notice a single sunset hmm. um, and the perspective change of like he could have been homeless and enjoying sunsets on the beach but he was <laughs> homeless and and like kind of experiencing self-pity right um and so whatever that like wherever you are whether you're watching sunsets on the beach or whether you're watching sunsets through a window of your mansion whatever uh just realize that you have an opportunity to be grateful that's that's
0: what i would say man preach dude that's such a that's that's a sweet story i've never heard that that's cool man Um, I love, so we just, I just, we just launched a devotional on humble daily, not too long ago called the path to passion. Um, and basically I wrote it and basically the one of the cases I was making was when, when our generation says like at all costs, pursue your passions and follow your passions. I think really what we're aiming for is contentment, you know, and like we're Paul did some of his best work, right? Like the, the author of most of the new Testament in the best selling book in the history of the world, who you could say was a little ambitious, you know, like who you could say accomplished a few things. Um, wrote some of his best work on man. I'm content in Christ, right? Like Philippians 4:13, which we all want to quote at the beginning of a football game. Of like, I can do all <laughs> things through Christ who strengthens me. Is Paul talking about how, with Christ's strength, I can be content? You know, like, and I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that, dude. I love to hear that. That's uh, kind of where your brain goes and your mind goes. Um, in regards to all that, I think it'd be like you said. It'd be super easy to to not be content with some of the stuff that God's given you and to, to jump on that treadmill of success and achievement and, and hiding your insecurities behind achievement and satisfaction. And I love that dude. So I'm super encouraged by that. Um, anything else, Andrew, that you just like something that God's put on your heart, uh, anything you've been struggling with lately that you're like, man, I think this might minister to people or just any parting encouragement for people. um,
1: I would just say I, I, I feel like I have realized that ha- setting priorities and then being intentional with how you display that those are actually your priorities has been something that I have uh, really been confronted with
0: hmm.
1: now that we have a child. and uh, I think that goes for your your spiritual life. I think that goes for your family. I think that goes for your career goals, your education goals. Um, it's just like, yeah, there, there's this, for whatever reason, I think, um, perspective that people think you have to like have this wildly unbalanced life to reach success. But Mm -hmm. I think being balanced is kind of like the long game. And that's, that's what, that's, what's going to like lead to happiness in whatever form you you look at that term and and uh fulfillment i think and and purpose so that's what i've been thinking about but other than that for the people listening i just feel like subscribing to your show would be great (laughs) i i i I appreciate noah for connecting us uh you are every bit the the uh charismatic person he said you were so i appreciate you thinking (laughs) of me i'm glad we could connect and um i feel like i feel like i have a new friend
0: Yeah, brother. I appreciate it, man. Hey, dude, we're just overall so encouraged by the way that you do steward the platform you have and um, just encouraged by the way you choose to live, dude. It'd be easy to take a lot of paths that uh, you have a lot of options, you and Sean do, and the way that you guys choose to continue to be faithful and continue to steward uh, what you have and and not feeling bad about the fact that God's given it to you, but you're going to give it back to him. Uh, I love that, dude. So I'm encouraged by you. I think millions of people are encouraged by you. um, So keep it up, dude. Appreciate it, Quinn. Honored to meet you. Thank you, Andrew. Man, as I said in the intro and at the outset of this podcast, I'm just so encouraged by Andrew, uh, encouraged by Sean, encouraged by the way they parent, encouraged by the way they steward the platform that God has given them, and just encouraged by the way they take stories, they take hardships, they take happenings in their life, and they shape them into gratitude they shaped them into something that is encouraging to them and to others and they share it with the world to encourage people and so man love what they're doing so encouraged by them hope to get to know them more Uh, and yeah guys go check them out follow them what an incredible couple and a model to follow but hey guys before you leave go check out New Ethics Formulations at newethics.com head to the show notes man we believe in them we love what they're doing Uh, newethics.com use the code known for 15% off of any product on the website and click down in the show notes Don't forget to check out the Humble Daily Audio Devotionals. We're going to have some special guests on there, and we really do think uh, that it's going to be something that will really minister to you and push you forward and spur you on uh, in your faith, in your walk with God, and in many other things. So go check that out and subscribe and like that. Guys, grateful for you. Let's move on. Let's get going, and I'm just going to get you on with your week with a prayer. So here we go. Dear Lord, thank you so much for these people. Thank you for people that were just willing to give us their time, one of their most valuable resources Uh, just to learn uh, what you're putting on people's heart, the way that you're moving in other people's lives and how that implies to them in their walk, in their step, in the way that they do things. And so God, I just pray that you'd be with people wherever they are this week, where they're struggling with family issues, where they're wrestling with faith and doubt, whatever that looks like, God, I pray that you'd be with them in their hardship, that you'd be with them on the mountaintop and, and just shape their life around you. Make them more like you. Make us your men, make us your women. God, let us live lives fully sold out, ready to live for you in every way that we can. God, we love you. We're grateful for you. Thank you so much for all that you've done for us from the cross to everything else, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Have a great week of worship, guys.